Hello, Desert Breeze Church. Now, some of you may be scratching your head saying, who is this guy? This isn't Pastor Ray or, or, or Scott. Or, or some of you may say, well, he's scratching your head saying, he's not where he usually is over in the children's ministry. Or some of you who are new, you may be saying, who is this guy, period. <laughs> Just know, welcome to Desert Breeze. My name is Bradley Andrews, and I am the children's director here at Desert Breeze Community Church. <laughs> and it's just a pleasure to be able to just be amongst you guys. I, I, you guys are the, the third round. I know that's the crowd that's right before lunchtime, so uh, we'll, I know we'll get you guys out for your, for your lunch, wherever you may go in. But for today, just know I'm so honored to be able to be up here and, and just be able to be amongst my church family. Um, yeah, I'm not usually where I'm at. <laughs> usually I'm over in the southeast corner in the children's ministry, or you may see me walking around with my family. I have my biblical babe, Judy Andrews, uh, or my three kids. You may see me walking around with my eldest, Vincent, my middle, Fievel, or my youngest, Evie. If you know Evie, she's usually got a pep to her step. So, <laughs> um, but that is my family, and we are so appreciative to be able to, uh, my wife and I, to have our family come together here at, at the church, um, but also be surrounded by an awesome children's ministry team. Um, we have got to meet my wife. She's head of graphics and administration over in kids ministry. Uh, we also have uh, Miss Julie, who oversees uh, volunteer liaison in our nursery. And then we also have Miss Chris, who, has, uh, who oversees events and elementary, which by the way, there's a lot of events coming up. Uh, bbkids.org, go check it out. Um, and also we have Miss Hannah who oversees our child care and our DB Kids support. That's our children's ministry team here, and it's such an awesome honor to partner alongside them and you as well here, church. <laughs> um, our hope and vision is to be able to partner alongside parents and guardians to be able to influence kids to be fully devoted followers of Christ. Now, if you're interested even in kids' ministry, we are actually going to have next Saturday a volunteer um, gathering meeting, 4.30 to 5.30, kids' ministry area, Saturday, 4.30 to 5.30. But overall, even in the kids' ministry and even in the different ministries and the church in a whole, it has just been great to be able to be at Desert Breeze with our church family and being able to partner alongside one another. Now, I've been, uh, I've been the children's director here since January, uh, but I was in the kids' ministry before that. And one of the things, when it comes to being able to be here um, in ministry, it's, it's something where you're going to have to bear with me because uh, it's been a while since I've actually taught up on a stage. I'm used to more, here's the object lesson for today. Here's the hand motions for the song. <laughs> but... Um, I'm, it's not something that I haven't done before, um, but I want you guys to know that I am very honored to be here. So but as we get going up uh, to dive into the sermon today, can we just take a time just to just pray as we prepare our hearts and mind for the sermon? Dear Lord, thank you so much. I appreciate just all the work that you've, that you've done in each and every one of our lives, the gift that you've given us. It's my hope, Lord, that um, you would be glorified in this time as we dive into your word 
And as I once heard, we chew up the meat and spit out the bones, Lord. Whatever uh, is applied to us, may we just continue to move forward um, in your name, into your glory. In your name we pray, amen. Now, once again, I'm no stranger when it comes to ministry. Now, I, I used to, though, in another era, we'll go with that, another era, I used to work a lot with Native American communities, um, working uh, with youth and young adults, and I would travel in Arizona, New Mexico, and Southern Nevada, and just really help the youth groups in those churches. Now, it was one year that I was actually um, uh, requested uh, by the churches to go represent them uh, at a leadership conference. And this, was, uh, this leadership conference was in Thailand, and this was just right after the tsunamis had hit. And so there was a lot of, uh, let's say, a lot of things that were being done over there at that time of repairs. But they decided to have the leadership conference there. And there were people from all over the world, east, west, parts of Americas, the cities of Europe, the uh, plains in uh, Africa, to uh, the mountains of South America, to the islands of the Pacific. It was there. My eyes were open to even see the church is much bigger than just our backyard. But it was awesome to see that of leaders from all around who had this passion, this fervor, uh, just as we were meeting together, diving into the Word of God, encouraging each other, speaking truth into each other, and even serving alongside each other and sweating with each other by doing projects. Um, by the end of the week, it didn't want to go. Because this was such a special moment. And maybe you can relate to a time where you were amongst maybe family or friends or a group of people, and you were just felt so encouraged. You didn't want it to end. This is similar to where we find uh, Jesus and the disciples. Now, before I go into that, uh, the scripture here, I was very appreciative of what the leader shared that final night. He said, it's time. It's time to go back to your communities. It's time to go share what has happened here and go share the gospel message. And look around, left and right, to your brothers and sisters. You are not alone in the church. But also, you are not alone because the Holy Spirit is with you. And, and he's going to minister to you. That, that, that gave me encouragement uh, going home, but then also remembering that we're not alone. And this is what's happening in the upper room, very similar to where uh, Jesus is in the upper room with his disciples. And they had just had this uh, couple years together, uh, being able to live life together and getting to have Jesus with there, guiding them, helping them along their struggles. And now Jesus is giving the, the hint that, hey, guys, I'm, I'm going to be leaving here. So the conversation continues with Jesus and his disciples the day before he was taken. This is the top part of your notes. And at this point, Jesus begins to see the strong uh, emotions and struggles the disciples are having in the room. He sees it on their faces. Jesus continues to build and reemphasize what he shared previously from the promised Holy Spirit, to now the work of the Holy Spirit. I would encourage you, today we're going to be talking about the work of the Holy Spirit. If you'd like to know more about what or who the Holy Spirit is, um, 
Uh, there was a sermon, John 14, on a couple weeks ago that was discussed of the promised Holy Spirit. I'd encourage you to go watch that online. Today, we're not necessarily talking about who the Holy Spirit is. We're talking about what the Holy Spirit does. But just so we're all on the same page, I want to make sure you realize the, who the Holy Spirit is. Here at Desert Breeze, we believe that there is one true God existing in three persons, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, equal in power and glory. So that is who we here at Desert Breeze believe the Holy Spirit is. Now, whether you may be new and you're like, ooh, Holy Spirit today, and just know whether you do believe or you don't believe, just know I'm just glad you're here today. <laughs> and when it comes to being able to even discuss the Holy Spirit, just know today that's going to be our topic, not God the Father, not God the Son, but God the Holy Spirit, that part of the triune God. Now, whether we do or do not believe, I do want to make sure uh, that we're, when it comes to news that happens to us, we can all relate to getting disturbing news. Whether that's a phone call, whether that's a message, whether that's, uh, I don't know, uh, the airplanes in the sky, whatever it may be, <laughs> we, we some, get news that disturbs us in our day-to-day -day life. And for the disciples, we can see how the news is disturbing to them in today's passage. However, for those who have made that commitment to follow Christ, there is a helper. And this helper has been alluded to for the past couple chapters in life who is found in the Holy Spirit. Now, you may be saying, well, the Holy Spirit may be just New Testament. Uh, no, Holy Spirit's been seen all throughout the Scripture, even from Genesis 1 where God says, let us make man in our image. Do you see this in the, in the judges where uh, the Holy Spirit comes upon them to help lead the nations of Israel? To even Isaiah where it talks about, uh, in Isaiah 63 where it says, the Holy Spirit was grieved. So this Holy Spirit is not just here in the New Testament or in this one passage. It's seen throughout all of Scripture. My hope my hope for today is that you would leave with this, is to know that the Holy Spirit is still active today, ministering to individual hearts, impacting the church community, and making a difference in this world. Now, growing up, my family had a, a saying, saying, hey, remember who you are. And what that, when they shared that to me, they said it multiple times. Really, that was a, a, a saying in our family saying, hey, remember your identity of, of, of who you are as a follower of Christ. But we're also given lots of remembers throughout our lifetime. Even as young kids, we remember remembers. I mean, if you think about it, uh, what are some things that you were reminded as a child? Uh, go ahead. What, what, just shout out. What are some of the things you were told as a child to remember? Wash your hands, okay? What else? Oh, never put off tomorrow what you can do today. I heard from last service, don't go run in the middle of the street. <laughs> so, but we have these reminders, and usually reminders take reminders. We usually don't get it right off the bat. Uh, Got to remember, father of three kids, even married, <laughs> and 
I get reminders from different places. I also give reminders. Hey, don't jump on the couch. Or, hey, remember to pick this up at the grocery store. Or whatever it may be. Reminders happen. And in here, in our passage for today, we see that Jesus starts off this this teaching that he's about to share more in depth about the Holy Spirit with giving some reminders. So this is where we're going to start for t- in uh, chapter 16, verses 1 through 7. Uh, we're going to read uh, the first portion, 1 through 3. I have said all these things to keep you from falling away. Whew. Talk about a kicker right there. Just starting off saying, I have said all these things to keep you from falling away. They will put you out of the synagogue. Indeed, the hour is coming when whoever kills you will think he is offering service to God. And they will do these things because they have not known the Father nor me. Your first fill in the blank is remember God's promised truths during times of struggle. So remember God's promised truths during times of struggle. We, we face those struggles, and even in this passage, it, he's sharing, hey guys, there's going to be struggles. And not only that, guess what? You're going to get kicked out of the synagogue, which back then was, uh, basically, it wasn't just kicked out of a religious institution, it was kicked out of the Jewish community, or the country. You were considered the lowest of the low at that point. And Jesus is saying, hey, expect this. <laughs> And not only that, expect this, and they're going to think that they're doing that for God's work. You can only think about um, what's going on in the different areas of the world where persecution happens. And yes, even in here in, in our community, persecution takes many different forms. But that's why we got to hold on to those truths. Uh, the Bible has, yes, there's, there's a lot of, you see the struggle, but there's also promised truths all throughout Scripture. One that I hold on to is Isaiah 41.10, where it says, Have no fear, for I am with you. Be not afraid, for I am your God. I will strengthen you, and I will give you help. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Sometimes call them life verses. Uh, whether a life verse or just a passage of scripture, we need to keep it and memorize it in our hearts and minds so that we can hold on to those truths in times of struggle. Now, your next point is, remember, though, that you are different from this world. Verse 4 reads, but I have said these things to you that when their hour comes, you may remember that I told them to you. I was talking with uh, my family uh, this past week and being able to talk, um, sharing some of the things that I had gone through, remembering. And uh, my mom stares and looks at me and says, Bradley, you're a little different, a little weird. And I, at first she kind of realized, oh, I said something before I maybe I shouldn't have because <laughs> she thought I was going to take an offense. But honestly, I thought about it and yeah, I'm okay with being different. Because as a followers of Christ, if you share that you are a follower of Christ, we should look different than someone who maybe doesn't follow Christ. Remember that you are different from this world. And as a result, guess what? You're going to have some struggles, some persecution, 
So these reminders that Jesus are sharing off the bat, it's like, oh, this is, this is lovely, isn't it? <laughs> but I love this, this third reminder that he shares. Um, and even before we jump into that, I, I want to make sure we even go uh, in the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus does say this, where it says uh, in Matthew, Blessed are you when others revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward is great in heaven. For so they per- persecuted the prophets who were before you. Church, this is nothing new. Having people, having persecution, it's nothing new under the sun. And it's not going to be anything new in the future either. But this is where this third reminder, where I'm very, uh, I'm, I'm appreciative that, that he shares. In verses 5 through 7, we see the disciples. Okay, they're probably a little tense. And now he says, but now I'm going to him who sent me. Now, in, up to this point, the disciples were quiet. Because back in chapter 14, it's like that, you know, when the teacher, and remember, I'm over in the kid's ministry, and sometimes you share something, and the uh, kid will just be like, am I supposed to answer? <laughs> and in chapter 14, verses um, 5, Jesus uh, was sharing a similar, hey, I'm, I'm going. And Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know where you are going. How can we know the way? And then Jesus said, well, guess what? I am the way the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. That's maybe a a previous culture reference, like, oh, you got owned, or oh, you got dissed. But more, it's it's basically a statement to where, oh, wow, I don't know if I want to speak up again. (laughs) So we see this in chapter 16 now, where uh, he shares, okay, but now I'm going to him who sent me, and none of you asks me, where are you going? Is anyone going to ask me? I, I just said I'm going. It's like I, if I was just to leave off stage and you're like, what just happened? <laughs> it continues in verse 6. But because I have said these things to you, sorrow has filled your heart. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. Jesus anticipates the thoughts and emotions. And this is your next point. Remember that God understands your thoughts and emotions. That's why he anticipates, hey, no one's going to answer this question. So he says, you know, I'll I'll give you that, hey, I'm going to be leaving. But not only that, because I'm leaving, I know sorrow is filling you. How much do we in our daily lives desire to be to understand, but also be understood. Our God understands us. And how precious is that? That we have a, a creator who understands us, even when may others may not, but God does. And that is, once again, a promised truth. Now, these were the three reminders that God shared right before. I, I, I promise you, we're getting into the work of the Holy Spirit here. But these were, was the setup as far as the promises that he shared is, remember that one is to hold on to those truths in times of struggle. Remember um, that God understands your thoughts and emotions. And then remember that you are different. 
Now, I have another trade. Yes, I do ministry work, uh, Christian ministry, but also I have another trade. I'm uh, what's called a licensed associate marriage and family therapist, so a counseling. And one of the things that I would, I would work in the agency uh, and get, uh, see adolescents when I was working at the agency, I would have kids come in best maybe an hour uh, a week, but there were times again and again where I just wished, man, I wished I could be there in their time when they are needing that encouragement or when they get triggered or they have that struggle and just be able to help process that situation with them. Now, when it comes to similar, uh, how many of you remember maybe an old commercial, uh, the, the tag was Dex Nose? Oh yeah, so some of you are like, so Dex Nose, I may be dating myself, but when it comes to Dex Nose, it's, it was like the, the previous, uh, hey Siri, or hey Google, but it was in paper form. So it was like kind of like a phone book, a big chunk of thing, and you would put it on your counter, you put it on the refrigerator. But this commercial wound up being a guy in place of the paper just sitting there, and the family would say, hey, Dex, what are the three nearest Italian restaurants? Oh, well, you have this and this and this option. And the, having that, uh, that person in the home 24-7, 365 days a week, that was something that I longed to do when I was in counseling. And this is similar to what Jesus is sharing right now because he begins to share that, hey, I'm Jesus incarnate. I cannot be everywhere at the same time. And I'm going so that a helper is coming a helper that is going to be with you 365 days, seven days a week, all the time. More like, not Dex knows, but Holy Spirit knows. <laughs> and as a follower, follower of Christ, that is part of us. That is in us. As we heard, it's our, the breath in our lungs as we pour out our praise to you, Lord. So now... We're getting into the work of the Holy Spirit. So this was the setup. And now we're going to dive into how the Holy Spirit works in the individual, in the church community, and in the world. In the individual, the Holy Spirit brings conviction of the truth. Verse 8, And when he comes, he will convict the world concerning sin and righteousness and judgment. Now, Concerning sin, because they do not believe in me, verse 9. That word's used a lot in Christian community, sin. What is sin? Sin, if you think about it, is if someone, you're taking aim and you're getting ready to shoot at something, but totally blow it. Or like a basketball player getting ready to shoot, uh, shoot at the hoop and they totally whiff it. <laughs> they miss the mark. And how many for us... Have we missed the mark when it comes to how maybe we've interacted in a situation in life? Yeah. You whiff it or you, you do what you know you not ought to do. James 4.17 says, So whoever knows the right thing to do and fails to do it, for him it is sin. And then Romans 6.23, For the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Jesus Christ our Lord. But the, so the, concerning the Holy Spirit, convicting of sin... The Holy Spirit 
shows us, like, yeah, you missed the mark. But here's the thing. Because you missed the mark, guess what? You need a Savior. You need a help. And that's what the Holy Spirit convicts us, saying, hey, you can either choose to accept this free gift of salvation, this redemption story, or you can say no thanks. But that's still your choice. But there's that conviction of sin, of needing a Savior. Next one, concerning righteousness or right way of living. Now, we just talked about sin, which is, yeah, we missing the mark. But now in verse 10, concerning righteousness, because I go to the Father and you will see me no longer. Jesus was the epitome of what a perfect relationship is, is in the Godhead. He was the example to the disciples of, hey, this is how you should live. This is how you should pray. This is how you should uh, show love. And you see in the previous uh, chapters where he shares, this I command you to love one another. And he says that multiple times. He gives reminders to even love. (laughs) But concerning righteousness or right way of living, and when it comes to this right way of living, one guide that, that we can sometimes use, I appreciate the sermon a couple weeks ago, which was Abiding in the Vine, where talked about the fruit of the Spirit. As followers of Christ, that should be something that we should seek after, the fruit of the Spirit, that love, that joy, that peace, that patience, that kindness, that goodness, that gentleness, and self-control. Now, how many of us have that down perfectly? (laughs) Oh, no. That's why we need the helper, Holy Spirit, who helps us. Jesus is is saying to the disciples, I'm I'm peacing out, but the Holy Spirit is going to come to help you in that right way of living. Convict us of that right way of living. And in John 13, 35, by this all people will know that you are my, my disciples if you love one another. Concerning sin, sin the mark, the Holy Spirit convicts us. Convicts us concerning righteousness, that right way of living, but also concerning judgment. Judgment or decision. Verse 11 reads, Concerning judgment, because the ruler of this world is judged. Judged, past tense. Meaning, it's the decision has already been made. And as a follower of Christ, here's the thing, Christ has already won. God has already won. So if anything, church, this is empowering because it's whom shall we fear? The, one of the top things that is said in the Bible is fear not. God is with us and he lives inside us if you say that you are a follower of Christ. Whew. I mean, <laughs> and then Colossians 2. In Colossians 2, if you'll turn over there. There we go. Colossians 2, verses 13 through 15. It says, And you who were dead in your trespasses and uncircumcision of your flesh, God made alive together with him, having forgiven us all our trespasses by canceling the record of debt that stood against us with legal demand. This he set aside, nailing it to the cross. 
He disarmed the rulers and authorities and put them to to open shame by triumphing over them in him. The devil doesn't win, guys. And as followers of Christ, the Holy Spirit convicts us and reminds us of this eternal mindset. It reminds us once again that yes, we miss the mark, but that just means we need a savior. Yes, concerning righteousness, right way of living, but also concerning judgment where by receiving that gift, we know that we don't have to worry. We were yeah, going to go a little bit off from different from the different services for a second. This past week in DB Kids, it was very heavy in our hearts and minds. It just seemed like one thing was just hitting us after another. But I was appreciative of the staff who were just saying, hey, Bradley, we got X's on our back. Meaning, if we're here to glorify God, Satan doesn't like that. And in the same thing, in our homes, in our families, communities, ministries, there's X's on our backs. Now, we're talking about the individual. So the Holy Spirit convicts us as an individual with these truths of conviction concerning sin, righteousness, and judgment. But now let's move from just the individual and let's go to the church community. The Holy Spirit will edify the body of believers through one, counseling the church. I'm going to give you, the, I'm going to give you guys both the fill in the blanks right now. Counseling the church, but also equipping the church. So, the Holy Spirit will edify the body of believers by counseling the church and equipping the church. That's your next two fill in the blanks. Now, when working with the individual, here at Desert Breeze, um, we talk about the five G's, and when it comes to the five G's even uh, for uh, that we discuss, the first two that we share is genuine and growing. And that often pairs with the, first the individual. Now we're going into the church community, which often pairs with giving and growing, Christian. Now, let's, in verse 13, when the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth, for he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak and he will declare to you the things that are to come counseling the church. You see this in the, in the church in Acts, and um, Acts 13, where it says, while they were worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. Then after fasting and praying, they laid their hands on them and sent them off. Romans 8, likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weaknesses. For we do not know what to pray for as we ought, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groaning too deep for words. The Holy Spirit counsels us, advocates for us. And uh, I'm appreciative of life groups. Um, this past uh, uh, week, we were in our life group, and it was brought up uh, about when we were doing the promise of the Holy Spirit. Hey, the Holy Spirit doesn't get that much credit or isn't talked about as much especially when it comes to prayer. Because we share, hey, God, help me in this. Or Jesus, help me do this. But in, really, in reality, the Holy Spirit is the one, uh, one of the things that the Holy Spirit, the work of the Holy Spirit's role is to guide us. So also saying, Holy Spirit, what should I do? 
Now, uh, that's why I love the discussions and life groups, and I would encourage you, uh, if you're looking uh, to get plugged in a life group, actually next week on um, after second service, we're going to have a connection party. So if you want to get plugged into a community here, by all means, I'd encourage you to go check that out after service next week. Um, over in community hall, community hall. So counseling the church guides us. The Holy Spirit will edify, and I want to stress edify, because especially going into this next part when it comes to equipping the church, the church or spiritual gift, this can sometimes be a taboo subject. And even <laughs> when preparing, uh, reading um, some resources, um, Francis Chan's Forgotten God, or even uh, the evangelist Billy Graham and his, uh, uh, his book on the Holy Spirit, they shared, uh, this is a, a hard subject, and I don't know if I can do this justice. In both of their books, they shared this. But especially when it comes to it being sometimes taboo, well, the, and when I mean taboo, meaning not talked about, meaning it needs to be talked about. The Holy Spirit is part of the triune God. We need to talk about the Holy Spirit, but this is what I want to stress, is especially as we get into equipping the church. The purpose of spiritual gifts is to edify the body of believers, to build up. Paul shares in Romans 12, having gifts, uh, 12.6, having gifts that differ according to the grace given to us. Let us use them. And then 1 Corinthians 7.7, 7, he says, I wish that all were as myself am, but each has his own gift from God, one of one a kind and one of another. If you want to read more of the list of spiritual gifts, you can read that in 1 Corinthians 12 or Ephesians 4. But when it comes to spiritual gifts, using them, I've heard sometimes it said, well, maybe I'm too old. Maybe I'm too young. Maybe I don't have the time. I sometimes say this over in DB Kids, baloney. <laughs> Here's the cool thing, is that Christ, uh, God, the Godhead, the triune God, not only was there a redemption plan established, not only that, but we also get the Holy Spirit who is with us 24-7, 365 days, but also, act now, you'll also get a spiritual gift. We have, you get a spiritual gift if you share that you are a follower of Christ, you get one. And this isn't a substitute for talent. This is a different. It's a spiritual gift. And I was so awesome to see earlier on the screen being able to see the different ministries. You got uh, the food bank. You have Celebrate Recovery. You have children's ministry. You have youth ministry. You have men's or, or women's ministries. Um, there's, there's ways to get plugged in and use your spiritual gift here at the church, but also in your community and in this world. The important thing is to use it. Now, here's the thing. You may say, well, Bradley, I don't know what my spiritual gift is. Well, I got you covered. So, we have, and this is something that we do, uh, that we, uh, do during DB Life, which is starting up here in the next week. If you, uh, DB Life is just kind of what we are here at the church uh, desire to, uh, to be, to be genuine followers of Christ. Also, uh, it takes us to what we believe and gets you plugged in a little bit more, but that's, that's coming up here in the next week, so sign up for that, DB Life. But what you'll get, what you can get today, 
is spiritual gift assessment. Front and back, really easy page. And it'll be available out there in the foyer after service. If you're, if you're, if you're wondering, Bradley, I don't know what my spiritual gift is. Yes, I'm a follower of Christ, but I don't know how I can best use my gifting. I'd encourage you to take this assessment and then talk to one of the church leadership here and see how you can get plugged in here in the community or in a ministry worldwide. Whatever it may be, God has given us a spiritual gift. Use it. I mean, we would laugh for a baker who doesn't use their oven or a construction worker who doesn't use their hammer or name a vocation and and a tool that they need. We'd be like, those guys, man, why aren't they using the tool that they've been, they know they need to use? Similar for us, using our spiritual gift. And our spiritual gift is a sign of our ministry. Whereas the fruit of the Spirit is a sign of our spiritual maturity. So once again, the fruit of the Spirit that we talked earlier was a sign of our spiritual maturity. But when using our, our uh, spiritual gift, it's a sign of our ministry to others. And once again, this can be in our homes, in our, in our families, in our communities, throughout the world. It's not just one place. So the Holy Spirit will edify the body of believers through counseling the church and equipping the church. And then before, for the individual, convicts us of sin, righteousness, and judgment. Now, this last part, that's the, the, the end part of our scripture. But I want us to go a little bit more. Um, actually, no, I still got two. Guys, I lost my, my spot. <laughs> We still got two verses. Hold on, wait right there. So verse 14 and 15. He will glorify me, for he will take what is mine and declare it to you. All that the Father has is mine. Therefore I said that he will take what is mine and declare it to you. Oh, I miss, so the individual, the church community, this next part, in the world. The Holy Spirit will always point and bring glory to God. Whew, man, I almost missed that one. And some of you were just having a little anxiety, just like, he didn't say that last point. <laughs> or we got three more, but the, as far as our scripture, the Holy Spirit will always point and bring glory to God. As followers of Christ, that should be our heart's cry. God, how can I give you glory? How can I bring you praise? And that's not just through worshiping through song, which that, that's good, but just also in our daily actions. How can I bring glory to you? I, I love, you heard the term testimony. I like to go uh, with a different term of hope story because that, that points to giving God the glory. How did you find hope? And please know if you're new here today, please know that is our desire is to, to point you to bring glory to God, to share the gospel message, to bring hope, and to be a part of a genuine community. Here, it's, it's okay to not be okay. But here's the thing, partnering alongside each other, even when we mess up and reconciliation, that's our heart's cry. And that's where we get into our next part. Now, some of you are already peeking ahead. And this is a word that's used a little bit uh, quite often in our 21st century is censoring the work of the Holy Spirit. Um, censoring being there's a message, but it's drowned out. 
Sometimes uh, another way of putting that's used in Scripture is quelling or grieving the Holy Spirit. But this is the hard part, is sometimes when waking up and looking at ourselves and saying, all right, I got I to gotta work on myself. Oftentimes, like I shared in counseling, I see fingers pointed, hey, you need, you, you need a change, or you, that person needs to change. It's not me. Oh. <laughs> we can't change, ultimately, someone else, but we can work in ourselves to change ourselves, and by doing that, influencing those around us. So, uh, take a deep breath with me. Because we're going to, this next part, looking at are we censoring the work of the Holy Spirit? I was appreciative of going over the sermon with Ray, and this was brought up as far as, you know, these are ways that maybe we censor the Holy Spirit. This, the parable of the scattered seeds, and that can be found in Matthew 13. The first seed that fell on a hard path, this is a representation of a stubborn heart. They hear the good news about the kingdom and, and, and don't understand it, or they get snatched up. Squirrel? <laughs> Just something catches their attention, and oh, there it goes. It was there, and it's gone. <laughs> and then it says the evil one comes and snatches the seed away. It's more the mentality of, I want to do what I want to do. In our household, remember, I have especially two younger ones who are under three. Mine. Families, if you have kids, or your grandkids, or you've seen a kid, you've probably heard that. <laughs> or even in ourselves, you're like, wait a minute, I say that the person, you're like, hey, that's happened on the way here. I don't know. But we have this stubborn heart as, uh, as followers, sometimes as followers of Christ, and we need to get that in check. The next one, though, is, well, are we a shallow heart? The rocky soil represents those who hear the message, receive it, but like plants in such soil, their roots don't go down deep. You know, say, yes, I'm a follower of Christ. Yes, I have the Holy Spirit. I got this, the, 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 the gift, but then am I going deep? Sometimes I see around the church, and this saddens me at times, a question that's asked, well, how are you doing? Good. Okay. No, 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 no. We're not supposed to live shallow. We're supposed to go deep. How are you really doing? You know that a true friend, when they, when they say, stop putting that mask up, or they call you out when you, do it, when you are. But as followers of Christ, one thing that can censor the Holy Spirit is being real, genuine, and just being shallow. Are we being shallow? The next seed, strangled heart. The one that fell on the thorny ground. Those who hear and accept the good news, but too quickly get strangled out. And this one often is with identity. Well, what will so-and-so think? What will my work think? Or what, what, what will I think of myself? Now, you've already been given an identity as a follower of Christ, but sometimes we get strangled out, and that can quelch, censor the Holy Spirit. So once again, I know I share these things with you all because that's not our desire. As followers of Christ, we're here to bear one another's burdens, love each other, 
sometimes even kick each other in the pants sometimes. <laughs> Be like, hey, you know what? Let's live in genuine community. And with the purpose to give God the glory, ultimately. Not to us, but to your name, God. I'm going to close with how I open. And we're still good with going out for lunch here pretty soon. So your stomachs, I know I heard a couple rumbling maybe. I heard a rumble in myself, actually. <laughs> but here's, here's my final point, is the Holy Spirit is still active today. Not only that, but ministering to the individual hearts, impacting the church community, and making a difference in this world. Like the good soil, our desire is to have a surrendered heart and allow the Holy Spirit to work in us. To say, Holy Spirit, guide me. Let's pray. Lord, to your glory be in you alone. We are so thankful for the gift of the Holy Spirit ministering to our hearts, our communities. May we continue to seek you, Holy Spirit, and guide us. We thank you so much, Jesus, for, for what you did on the cross and for God for that redemption plan that, that you put in place. Thank you, Lord. And as we go forward, may to you all glory and honor and praise be given. Amen. Thank you, guys, and ho hope you guys have a good rest of the day. If you'd like to pray with any of the leaders or elders up here, feel free. We'll be available up front. Also, if you want that spiritual gift assessment, over there in the hall. Oh. Have a good one, guys.